Heaven High. Heaven High and Blappy Two Kier. Bless you. <laughs> this is episode 177, apparently, although that feels like it's too many. Well, it is, no, even though it is as, it does feel like 177 episodes, it is too many. Yes. The topic today is, should the FAA introduce a pink card for a footballer who's done too many rapes in a season? <laughs> and how was your crimbo crimble tide? I have a question for you, Nick. Yes. Can you name any members of the royal family who aren't pedos? Oh, that's an unfair question, because I think that's a trick question, because that assumes there is one. Ah, you! <laughs> even 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 Bonnie Prince George is a pedo. He was fine, found fiddling fiddling with fiddling with an embryo. <laughs> Just typical. Yes. Chip off the old block. But I, it was interesting. I mean, I was discussing this with Victoria the other day, and I said, which celebrity would it be the most shocking and the most disruptive to society as a whole to find out that they'd been a pedo? And I, I, I thought it would probably be Paul McCartney because it, it, you'd have to then ba- basically blacklist all of the Beatles music. <gasps> oh, I see. So which would have the greatest impact. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yesterday suddenly becomes a verboten song. Um, Sergeant Pepper is no longer allowed to be discussed. So I think it would almost they would all, the state would almost have to protect that from coming out because it would be too dangerous <laughs> with too much editing for the bbc i love this yeah. idea that if someone is found to have been a pedo you have to retcon them from history mm. so they now issue apologies every time jimmy savile's grotesque gurning face appears in a repeat i wish we wouldn't be such a silly little stalinists i mean we do it listen to odd. wagner we listen to wagner quite happily so let's stop this nonsense now it it is it is a bit strange because I think yeah, no it was not a not a good chap it turns out no but um I think I can just about cope if someone shows a repeat of an episode of Bullseye and his name is a question oh uh, well, like yeah his name is correct but hold on there is a contradiction there between your previous stance that we discussed stance. in another episode and this one because actually maybe Jimmy Savile could be a rare case where he could actually be a trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your number one priority is it that's your number one concern yeah you know me i worry about triggers so i, I think you do. but that he is a case where he could be you know it's not just discussing something in abstract you know his big uh, evil face could make people go or wobbly <laughs> it's true with lust and but anyway, I was I was discussing how you know, obviously somebody like uh, Paul McCartney will, or, or can you imagine uh, David Attenborough? Oh no! Exactly, no. exactly. But then again, then Richard said, Attenborough, I can totally yeah. imagine. But then again, anybody in the royal family, what Philip, Charles, meh. <laughs> it's it's perfectly believable. <laughs> yeah, you know, you say, oh yeah, well, you know, they're all weird anyway. So a few kids, it's what you'd expect. You have to, I think, believe it's in the constitu- the British Constitution, isn't it, that we have to sacrifice a few children to the royals every year? Yeah, yeah. That good Mr. Reich has pointed that out frequently. Um, who, who, which celebrity right now today would at least surprise you that they turned out to be a pedo? I'm not saying that they are one, but which would least surprise you because unfairly their demeanour would 
uh, allow you to believe that. This is just this is not to point out that they are a pedo, but it's just to point out how we we make prejudicial. When have you ever judgments. been? When have you ever been so concerned about saying people who are pedos when they're not pedos? I'm I'm not concerned, but I'm just allowing you to make that claim. I mean, are there, an obvious one would be Jimmy Mall- uh, Timmy Mallet. No, I I disagree. I don't get any pedo vibe from him at all. So if you found out he was one, you would be surprised. I would be surprised, yes, because he seemed to actually care about his, his, his job back in the day. And who is fairly or unfairly giving off that vibe then? Joe, I'm struggling. It's hard to think of, 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 of that off the top of my head. I, I can think of examples of who I'd be most devastated to learn. Yeah, exactly. Johnny Ball and people Johnny like Ball, that, obviously. obviously. Yes. Brian Kant. Yes. Um, yes, those, those would be unacceptable. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, um, somebody like um noel edmonds it wouldn't be no. overly surprising no that's um, true i would imagine uh, funnily enough I, I although i wouldn't be surprised i genuinely don't think he was for some reason it's, it's a weird kind of dichotomy there where he fits them all but i don't think he was it's a so there's a subtle difference there Whereas, but although it does seem actually it was the law that anybody who ever worked at radio one in the 70s that's has true to, it, it was an entry requirement I was going to put 1970s Radio 1 DJs. I think most of them are in prison now. Most of them have already got a big red cross over their face. Yeah. Um, Tony Blackburn. You see, Tony Blackburn um, made a joke. I I, I would prefer to get the wording of the joke correct, but I won't. But Mm -hmm. he did make the joke that he he says that every morning he wakes up and checks the papers to see if his name has appeared yet. Right, uh, because because he's and he's I think very unlikely to have been involved in any such thing, and makes jokes about the fact that he's waiting for his. Well, the fact that he makes jokes term. about yes, he probably exactly. he probably be keeping very 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 quiet and be in Guatemala or something at the moment if he exactly if he really believed that, yeah. It's no. Uh, uh, it, what if? Oh no! Here here's what will be sad for you. Yes, Armando Yanucci. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly not. His Catholic guilt would never allow him. Yes, exactly. He, but it's that, exactly, but it's that sort of person where you, your mind would rebel utterly, vehemently against it. How was Crimble Tide Crimboton? <sighs> was it all right or were there issues? It's, it's, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was nice enough, just the three of us. On, I'm sure. I feel like we've already talked about this. No, we talked about what it would be like, and then I wondered what the true hell of it was. Oh, it was nice. It's just the three of us and with the turkey. No, with the, br- with the brisket, brisket, as you instructed. We I obeyed. Did, you, you did obey, and it was good. It was, it was very good. delicious, obviously. And then, mm. uh, yeah, it was nice enough. And then on, on on Boxing Day, we were meant to have the in-laws down, but they were sick. Hooray! So no. <laughs> So we had a day, another day, and then the next day we went to Guildford to see the other lot of in-laws. Well, they're not your in-laws. My in-laws in Guildford, yes. Yeah, your in-law. Oh, hang on. Oh, um, yeah, I've got confused about how in-lawing works. (laughs) Yes. I'm not a legal expert. No, you, you, uh, anyway, the law might have changed recently for all you know. Exactly. So uh, the people I've, at least until, up until now, identified as my mummy and daddy. John, they're not so much in-laws, they're outlaws. (laughs) <laughs> next on rub doings we're gonna have buckman turner overdrive it is funny somebody pointed out that the smashy and nicey um now seem quite sinister characters in <laughs> that's true yes 
So I thought you were going to mention that someone else pointed out that that uh, Craig Ferguson is the late night talk show equivalent of Rum Doings, which is very true. I did, I did point it out, and I commented on your to that degree. But you are too rude to read the comments that people. I write did read the comment. Blah. I read it. That's why I'm mentioning it because I read your comment. But I saw someone else say it. I think maybe it was on Twitter. Someone else said it already, okay. and I thought you were responding to that. I got confused. No, no, uh, it. It, but it is true in that he just allows it to go where yes. it will. What, what is, you know what's a big indictment of the American late-night talk show industry? It's is that it everything la- about it. No, it's that Larry Sanders still accurately pretty much portrays what it's like in most respects. Well, that's, that's why I was so angry about it in that blog post, was that in 20 years, uh, Letterman and Leno took the format in no direction. Yeah, but Larry Sanders should be a lot, lot, lot more dated than it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. They have the fact that this pro, the sitcom spoofing the format in the in mid '90s is still utterly accurate because they, they've been too lazy to change the format in any meaningful way since. Lazy or scared? Because I think you know, these people where sleep is the obvious uh, competitor, and my God, sleep is a good comp- competitor. So if we fiddle at all with their cozy nighttime horlicks ritual. Well, they could, will turn you up. You see, I'd expect that of Leno, but Letterman, the way he's praised and and adored you would imagine would have an urge to keep moving forward so i I, craig ferguson's show is not exactly you know a a wildly evolutionary format but the fact that five years ago it it was very different to the the version by the end so even by even they seem to have forgotten that the co-host jeff the talking skellington with glowing blue eyes was only added in the last five years to the show Mm -hmm. and he's like absolutely pivotal to it Mm mm-hmm so I think the fact that they were, you know, he would even ditch his own catchphrases and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, once they got too big, he would stop using them. And he just had this urge to move on, it seemed, from, from old formats. That's great. Hmm. Whereas Letterman is still just sitting there staring at cue cards, reading out top ten lists, going, uh, uh, uh. I so find... let's look at the clip from your new film. It looks amazing. I find Letterman more problematic than Leno because Leno never really pretended to be anything other than the oleaginous middle-of-the-road piece of rubbish that he is. Hmm. Whereas Letterman was, uh, was, had the same baffling adulation of uh, controversy and confoundment that The Simpsons did. Yes. You know, he was supposed to be this rebel, this, uh, and, and yet never really did he ever show any spark of that. No, absolutely, of the establishment. It's, yeah. it's odd that Letterman was always Ferguson's boss. Um, the show was produced by Worldwide Pants, <laughs> which is Letterman's production company. Is it? Yes, it is. T- you t- laughed at that. Yeah. <sighs> Tell me, what, what is the provenance of this, Ferguson, and how does a Scottish man suddenly get onto American television, and why is he going now? The Drew Carey Show. So in the 90s, Drew Carey had a sitcom called The Drew Carey Show, and Craig Ferguson played his in- evil English boss. English. Um, and he did this ludicrous English accent. And right. It was very funny. I thought The Drew Carey Show was very funny, and, um, and, and Craig Ferguson was very funny on it. Mm-hmm. And that's how he came to be famous. Um, but as he's James Corden of all people is taking over Craig Ferguson's show. That's inappropriate. It just was just I don't I don't know not, I know nothing about him other than that Gavin and Stacey is about as funny as bowel cancer. Yes. Um, or, or, or or indeed Miranda as bowel cancer is otherwise. Uh, uh, anyway, so misogynist. He, he um, he's taking over and he was talking to Craig. Craig Ferguson said he was talking to him about it and how nervous he was. And he said honestly, don't worry about the you know he said. Called him saying, no one knows who, I, knows who I am. And he's saying, don't worry, I was eighth fiddle on the Drew Carey show and they still gave me the gig. So, you know, he's, yes. he was not particularly famous at the time. No. Why is he leaving? He's leaving because he's done. 
Um, no, if he's got a no, that's 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 never the case. If he's got a career and he's got a good stream of income, you don't leave unless you have a reason to leave. Why? Well, no, leaving? no. So the reasons he's given are yeah. that he he spent it's been ten years. He's I want to spend more time with I want no. to spend more time with my family and go on to new challenges. Yeah, right. Wrong axis from Glasgow. Anyway, he uh, it's not what he said. He said he spent he spent ten years doing the show and he wants to stop while he's still enjoying it. Um, Nobody ever says that. That's not a true. That's a worst cliche in the world. I want. It's not. Why, why does it? Why? Why wouldn't it be? A if you're thing? if you're really enjoying it, then you don't want to stop. You want to continue well, doing. You want to stop when you you want to stop when you stop. You start stopping to enjoy it if you see. What but I anyway, mean. so I'm giving you the list of reasons he's given. He's also made it very clear on the show itself that he was fed up. That's so he wasn't like actually it. enjoying it. Yes. Um, and it was the the genuine glee on his face during the last week about how how delighted he was that it was coming to an end and the absolute lack of remorse or or weepiness in the final episode is none of that it was just a genuine happiness that they were done um there were also hints that he's going to rejig the exact same show and do it in a different time slot on a different channel the rumor according to varieties he's going to try and do a half hour talk show at seven o'clock which is an unexplored market and do it uh as a um syndicated show rather than on any particular channel so he's going to basically try and recreate the wogan of his youth exactly he's gonna <laughs> it does seem like he's going to try and do wogan yeah um it i don't think it's going to work because i think it'll no. be too short 21 and a half minutes isn't long enough for the format i don't know no um and especially you know throwing to commercials three times during a, <laughs> a half an hour as all american shows do just seems it just seems like there won't be time to do anything no i i just i, I it, Network television with commercials is not a viable medium for anything, really. I just I don't understand how people put up with it. Uh, they have DVR. No, but they can't have DVR to the degree that you'd expect they'd have DVR because then the networks wouldn't exist anymore. Well, their networks are desperately struggling because of DVR and trying to convince advertisers to keep paying vast amounts of money and trying to figure out ways to put adverts in programs, which obviously is increasingly the case. Um, you'll notice lots and lots of, of t- scripted dramas now having the characters notice the excellent new features in their car and so <laughs> forth, which is happening. On, I'm not exaggerating. They'll go, oh, my goodness, this uh, this reverse parking camera is exceptional. Yes, it's only available on the Chrysler Pukemon. But they really will. They'll show a close up of the they, what the way they do it. They show a close up of the emblem on the front of the car. And then they'll say, oh, my goodness, this, this, is this a hybrid? And they go, yeah, look at it. And then I'll park. And then, then they'll carry on with the show. And it's, it's hideous. I thought you predicted that what they'd have is on-screen advertising about overlays. Trying to float it. Yeah, use a, what they call them dogs, which is what they call the channel idents. And they were thinking about, yeah, you just have the McDonald's M in the top right corner for the episode or whatever. They were mooting that idea. I don't think it's ever come to anything. I'm surprised, uh, bearing in mind just how much screen furniture they're willing to throw at tv shows now yeah. you can't uh, actually see what's going on because they leave that bloody m they, they you know the t- tv 13 or the block yes. obscuring most of the screen for about 10 seconds network tv is vile oh it's it, awful it needs to be stopped let's stop it let's close down all the networks now well i'm kind of like some of the television programs that you know it's bad luck bad luck bad luck they're a force oh. for evil they need to be closed down now okay well i guess i'll get on with that we can what, have, are they, what are we to replace them with? The subscription services like HBO and Showtime? Um, we can just do cheaper thing. Radio, radio is fine. <laughs> radio is fine. I mean, would would you would cabin pressure have been immeasurably better if it had been a television program? What a ridiculously flawed piece of logic. That's from a you. question that you need to answer. 
It's not a relevant question, however. It is a relevant question because actually I've come to the conclusion that much of much of the visual medium is uh, is superfluous to my needs. Is it? Yes. Um, we were able to cope with it for eternity and <laughs> uh, maybe 50, 60 years, blip in the eternity, and then it can go again. I don't think we're going to fall apart. I understand your argument. However, I do want to put to you the suggestion that you have to erase Judy without CBBS. Um, well, Jessica has been erased without television because when they turn on the television, she presses her eyes onto the screen and <laughs> won't let go. So television is completely banned from her. And also, uh, uh, Judy comes in and says, can I watch a bit of telly, please? And a bit of telly turns into a three-hour nonsense. So we want to limit it a bit as well. But obviously not in the degree of middle class. Uh, you can't watch ITV, but although she, she doesn't watch ITV. But... Uh, <laughs> But she doesn't watch any programs with adverts on it. Um, Good. But has has Toby watched CBBS yet? He has not. Well, he's Justin Fletcher. He's one who could be a pedo. <laughs> no, again, I, well, I'd rather he weren't. Well, it would be very dangerous for him to. You, you know, I imagine he's watched very carefully, and I think it would be very foolhardy for him to to try it in his yes, position. I, mm. I don't imagine that's the case. Mm. He, um. No, he's he's been in the room when it's been on once when a friend was over with their four year old. Mm-hmm. But that's that's as close as he's got. He did, was he, fa- did he react to it? Did I react to it? No, him. No, he's a baby. No, but they can look at the coloured shapes. And oh yeah, he, saw, he, he looks at light. He looks at lights. He was he was intrigued by the telev- by the movie Elf on Christmas Day. He stared at that for quite a long time. Right. And um, and Laura claims that he cooed at the image of Victoria Wood, which does mean we now need to burn him to death. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. A, a nice pyre, which you can yes, say. I think so. Cooed. I like to think he was booing. Yeah, he was Wood. booing. He was trying yes. to boo. So, can he walk yet? No. Can he sit yet? He can. He can't even do anything. They are such rubbish, aren't they? Idiots. They're such idiots. He can smiles. Tell you what he can do. I'll tell you what he can do now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, for the very first time, he was playing a game with us where he would hold our fingers and put it to our mouths and then put it to his mouth. <laughs> That's an amazing classic. I the know. rules are a bit complicated, though. That's not bad for nine weeks, though. Is he nine weeks? Nine and a half now. So he popped out nine and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Gosh. He's over two months old. Have you had enough of him yet? No, I haven't. You know, he was on my desk for half an hour or 20 minutes this morning while Laura was getting ready, and he spent the whole time smiling and cooing at me. That's lucky. And I didn't, you know, can't really get fed up of that. No, it's a very clever trick they've got. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very clever. And he does, like, not only, uh, it's completely unambiguous smiles with eyes crinkling and catch little laughs, and oh, it's amazing. Without the wind. With exactly, well, I don't think he ever did wind smiles. <laughs> And yeah. then he just didn't smile and then started smiling. So what's up for your computer games this year? Is this the final year of the PC game? <laughs> yes, that's it. For some reason, this year they're done. They are? No, no, PC sales are back be. up as I predicted they would be this year, uh, last year, and they were. So you were wrong about that, and I was right. I don't see why they should be. But they were, and so I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you look at our preview for 2015 for video games, it's got something like... Let me see. That. Let me see the actual number. Um, twelfty. It's over three hundred and twelfty. Four hundred and eighteen. We've listed and we li- ignored loads, about a thousand others that we didn't think were worth covering at this point. Apparently, I had nothing to do with its creation. This is Graham's work with yes. uh, the help of the wonderful Ben Barrett. But yeah, so uh, 
418 uh, games of interest we've listed for this coming year on PC. So there. So you think it's because the consoles are becoming dull? No, the opposite, uh, because they're coming into form. So I I am a genius and everyone needs to start listening to me because I predicted this word for word, exactly how it would happen. I said that the PC would have uh, a resurgence at the end of the last console generation. That was 2013, and it Mm -hmm. absolutely did. 2014, I said, would be a tough year for everyone because the consoles would be a stat would be out, but there'd be no games for them, so all the big publishers would be starving PC. But that would have the side effect of giving indies a big a big surge forward, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, PC sales have now picked up, and 2015 is going to be a huge year for games because uh, developers and this publishers have figured out the new consoles, and now will start pumping out their big name stuff as cross platform for everyone. So um, it's in fact the success of the, the the potential success of consoles this year that will help PC. Basically, everything points to g- good luck for the PC at the moment. It's really good. But isn't that it's like an unfalsifiable hypothesis? Because anything that happens is good for the PC. No, it, it, it just, in your theory. No, no, no. Because it, the tail end of the last console generation was terrible for PC. Um, so the last couple of years, so two thousand eleven, twelve, were really tough for PC because there was no one was incentivized to make big budget new games because the consoles were tailing off and the new ones were coming soon. And I think you said incentivized by mistake. I'm sorry. Mm. And so, yeah, so um, what an enormity. <sighs> I was speaking to somebody the other day and said, can you imagine as an adult playing a computer game? You see, you weren't speaking to somebody the other day. That's a lie. It was, uh, it was Brian Burford on Twitter. No, it wasn't actually. I don't know Burford had actually also said it. I thought it he? was sub-intellectual. You sent it to me. Was it? I, mean, I think there was somebody else who I actually spoke to. Oh, vocally. you're such a liar. <laughs> but it is true. It is weird. If you dissociate yourself from yourself and then think of it. Only if you're gigantically ignorant, since the vast, vast majority of PC of video game players are in their 20s and 30s. Or people who... Teenagers make up a, a small... Um, te- there are fewer teenagers playing hardcore video games than there are women in their 40s. There are somebody made the point that maybe it's just that those are the people who have the credit cards who pay for the video games. No, it's it's genuinely an adult pursuit. It, it has been for years. That it, 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 This idea of video games being for children has never, ever been the case consoles were for a while the mega drive and the uh, it was perhaps more child orientated especially with games like sonic and so forth but that generation who were introduced to video games are now the adults playing video games it's always been for adults in the 80s when they launched it was for adults it was text adventures for adults and you know it it always has been the case this this myth is entirely silly tabloid nonsense that somehow you and your imaginary friend have bought into stop typing I'm just looking for something because I heard on Radio 4 at the weekend a there was some sort of, um, yeah, there was a cultural review. Let me see. Saturday review and they talked about Kentucky Route Zero. Yes. And David Aronovich was on and various others and a lady was on who hates computer games and so on. And they all said it was a pile of pile of junk, except for the Jew lady who quite liked it. I'm, I don't think that's the case. I, I haven't listened yet. I, I listened to another part of the show and then furiously tweeted about how they did the, did the usual thing about how you know, the movies where they deliberately spoil them in order that they can look. Oh, look, I've already seen it and you haven't. So I can tell you about, oh, I was surprised when X and Tom Sutcliffe replied to me on Twitter telling me off. And then I replied to him saying, well, no, actually, you do it with every film review. And then he replied saying, yeah, actually, I did on this one. Sorry. 
Who's too? Oh yes, the presenter. I'm surprised that he bothered to reply to you. They don't usually reply. He has half as many followers as me, so therefore he's half as good as I am. Oh, Tom I Sutcliffe w- is great. I really like Tom Sutcliffe on that program. I think he's brilliant. But I really wish he would tell people no where they say I was surprised by the bit when. I wish he would just go no. He's got a good radio demeanour, doesn't he? He does. He's splendid. I really like him. Oh, uh, at the, it, it's quite funny. Um, uh, you talk about Twitter followers. Um, I suddenly found on Twitter the other day somebody reached Muriel Gray. Oh, yes. Mur- Muriel Gray. And she's got something like a tenth of the Twitter followers that you've got. Somebody who was basically all of BBC Two for eight million years now has a tenth of the followers you've got. I'm very perturbed when people I respect have fewer followers than me. I want to fix that. Do you remember Mur- Muriel Grey with the spiky hair? And I the do remember programs? Muriel Grey. Scottish, yes? Yes. Yes, I remember her. Exactly. Big uh, glasses. It was Muriel Grey and Magenta Divine, and they owned all of BBC Two Arts and Youth Programming for a while. Uh, Janet Street Porter? Yeah, well, obviously, but she was like the, the big spider in charge of them all. <laughs> do you remember Def 2? I was interested in Def 2 because and Network 7. Because I don't that, remember Network 7, I do remember Def 2. Because the, the Amiga was used to make the graphics for it, so I was interested. <laughs> Def 2 had the weird barcode logo, and it yes. was all, I was too young for it, and it was a completely bewildering television. Def, yeah, and all the swingy, swingy cams. Yes. Mm. And, and you have to, if you're interviewing someone, you have to have a, a front-on full-colour shot and then a side-on black-and-white shot. Do you remember that strange, again, the Amiga did the graphics, uh, where a computer would interview the person and they'd press a button on the screen? Star something. Star chamber or something like that. Yes. That was a weird program, wasn't it? They would get up and they would press a button, on the, I guess, on the camera, whether they had a, like, whether yeah. I imagine they just had a cellophane overlay on the camera yes. mimicking the buttons. Yes. Um, yes, and then this lady computer voice would ask them pre-recorded questions. Yeah, depending, and they would basically have to then choose the, press the button on what sort of questioning they'd want and that kind of thing. And but it was good because it was a celebrity answering questions without an audience. Yes, uh, in a very confined space. Actually, it's a good format. I think it should be brought back. I think it should, but I think it should be brought back with even more. They should have to select the things by waving their arms through a 3D uh, holographic menu. Yes. To make it advanced. Yes, exactly. Any, any... Did you know we actually have touchscreens now? Did you know? No, we, we don't. That was, that, that's just... We're only going to have them in the year 2000. I had my... Uh, I, I, this is, sounds so silly and out of date now, but I remember it having does. my future flash moment when I was in a WH Smith's in an airport and on the magazine shelves, rather than um, pieces of paper advertising the products on the shelf, there were little uh, video screens. Really, and this is years ago, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that, this this it had this they one of those. This is like something they do in science fiction movies to go. This is the future." <laughs> yes, you. Yeah, but you weren't on a hoverboard, were you? Hovering oh, through W. H. Smith. Don't say hoverboard. I know that's why I said it. Don't say hoverboard. Silvery suits. Nobody wants a hoverboard. They're a stupid idea that wouldn't work properly and would just be ridiculous and. Well, they, and, and did, you, did you see that they have created one? Just to prove how crap they are, I hope. Yes, they have. It only works on metal surfaces, obviously, because it uses magnets. Yeah. Um, and you can't steer because it's a hoverboard. Yeah, a, a hoverboard or, or a death plane, as I'd call it. The only, well, if they only raise about an inch off the ground, I don't think you're going to die too no, much. No, but the hoverboards aren't, are meant to go higher, aren't they? They're meant to basically no. fly around to where you want. I've seen them in those movies. <laughs> I don't think they are. I think they're meant to act like skateboards, but without... They do, fiction. but... 
They do, but then you then people suddenly do a kind of zoomy loop the loop in the air. <laughs> there would, in fairness, people do amazing tricks on skateboards. So I imagine that super cool people with a hoverboard would do cool tricks. The problem is the only way you can steer is thrusters, and that seems like how what. Well, as long as you've got a, a, a massive kerosene tank, that should work fine. Well, exactly, with, you'd have with, to have with, gyroscopic thrusting. With, with, massive, with massive kerosene tanks yes. and, and, and effectively oxyacetylene torches coming out of the back. <laughs> That'll work well. I like that we don't... <laughs> Here's a piece of information for scientists. Yes. You don't have to create stuff because it was in a science fiction film. You know, it's not the law. Sometimes things are pretend. However, except for... Uh, bring about dinosaurs. You do have to do that. That is the law. I'm told that can't work because apparently they only were able to breathe because there was a different oxygen saturation on the planet at that point. So it wouldn't work. Sorry. Well, we just build a giant dome and saturate the oxygen better. Centre parks with dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> why not? I don't see why not. I just want giant. I just want dinosaurs back. Well, you've got them chickens. No, they're not back. They're just there being <laughs> rubbish. All birds are basically dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. So you pretty much know what they... You, we know what the character of dinosaurs would be like. Just look at the average crow. Yeah, but if crows were 40 foot tall, that would be amazing! Would you put up with just a 40 foot tall crow then? Yes, I, that, I'm cool with it. 40 foot crow, I'll stop making a fuss. I do think... A 40 foot magpie. Me. A 40 foot magpie. No, they're, magpies are dickheads. I think most dinosaurs were dickheads, actually. <laughs> That's not true. I've seen Jurassic Parks. The Diplodocotocotocuses, which is how you have to pronounce it now, are um, very friendly. Well, yes, true. Anyway, this, I think humans need an apex predator. I think, imagine if... I may have John, said, humans have got an apex predator. Do you know what the apex predator of humans is? <laughs> is? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's, it's, no. It's, it's bacteria. Back to this viri. Viri. It's the Eboli. Um, anyway. It's the AIDS. The AIDS. Friendly AIDS now. Yeah. Um, listen. So imagine if going to, going to the shops had an element of risk to it. It does. I live in a bad area. Oh, you live in London. It's different. Imagine if you didn't live in London and going to the shops. Had a, just, I, I like the idea that there were dinosaurs that might eat you. I think it would give human beings a humility that would just... <laughs> Just te- just temper things out a little bit. Yeah, but human beings are quite clever and they just kill them all. I, well, not if there were enough of them and they were, they were made of metal. We have ways of dealing with metal. <laughs> I just, I just We'd smelt them. To... them. We'd smelt them. What if they were really smart dinosaurs that had ways of dealing with humans? Well, if they uh. were really smart dinosaurs that had ways of dealing with humans, then that's a possibility, I suppose. Yes. I just think we need that element of humility. That's all. And the way to introduce humility to humanity is to reintroduce entire Radosauri into the suburbs of of northwest London. That's what I'm saying. And 90% of humans being ripped and torn to shreds on the way to the shops or on the way to school is is the answer. And if Toby were plucked out of the air by a pterodactyl, that would be a price worth paying? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I think Lucy would probably... Enjoy that, but I think she suggests that there should be a a feline humiliator rather than a <laughs> reptile one. Oh, I know dinosaurs giant... weren't actually reptiles, but yes, they were. So shut up. A world of giant cuddly kittens. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would be good. A, a world of giant cuddly kittens, otherwise known as YouTube. 
Okay, I'm, I'm taking away your right to a voice. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> Jessica, uh, J- Jessica during Christmas, every time she looked at Explain her... Explain who Jessica is to our listener. She was born... Um, every, your niece. Yeah, she's one. Every and she's one. Every time at, at, at Crimble Tide, every time she saw a Christmas light or a bauble, she go the wow. So there was a constant, um, constant parade of going up and down streets, going the wow, and then point another one going the wow, and then another one going the wow, and now she's noticed that the wow is disappearing, and there's a slight forlorn, desperate wow inflation. Like the moment she sees some ropey old garland or a bit of a broken Christmas tree, she kind of. Quietly implores the wow, and soon, John, there'll be no more wow left in the world. <laughs> soon, <laughs> probably in July. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, will we buy more wow? I think we need a festival. I think we need a festival in February, March. Easter? No, Easter is April. It's too late. It's, it's fe- March, April. It's March, April. Mm, we need something at, at the end of January, just a little pick me up, like the equivalent of an elevens is. What? <laughs> That's a good idea. We should have a we should have a feast, a saints feast day. It should be just one day of uh, Christmas two or whatever. That's just. Let's see if there's any good saints at the end of January. Which saint? Which saint comes at the end of January? Let's find out. Uh, an online calendar of saints days. I've oh, good. Fountain is. Well, at point one, and enter we'll... the calendar. We will actually celebrate and we'll invent traditions to do and we will have a special rum doings on that Saints Day. So, find it. Oh, this is not helpful. This That's not real Saints. Oh, why, could, why couldn't the first result be useful? Church of England Saints, they're proper ones. <laughs> yes, about these foreign Saints. Bloody foreign Saints. Um, uh, <laughs> King Charles has a Saints Day on the 30th of January. Thomas Aquinas uh, on the 28th. 28th of January. How about that? He was a philosopher. Thomas Aquinas Day, I'm very happy to have. Okay, so uh, 28th of January, Thomas Aquinas Day. Or okay. you can have 31st, John Bosco. Who is John Bosco? John Bosco, 1815, he was born, properly known as Don Bosco, an Italian Roman Catholic priest of the Latin Church, educated right from the 19th century. Mm-hmm. No, that's not very good, is he? Well, I mean, he liked, uh, he liked friends and things. Well, Thomas Aquinas said, sorrow can be alleviated by good sleep, a bath, and a glass of wine. So I know I know one of the things that has to be done on his... On his day, like, oh, this is it, everyone. Everybody. 28th of January. On the 28th of January, you have to have a, a, a nice glass of wine, and you have to have a good lion, and also, uh, you have to have one of those uh, most ludicrously luxuriating baths. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, you, that has to be the day you have your mega bath. So that's the 20, <laughs> 28, 28th of January, which is, sorry, it, well, it's a Wednesday, so it's midweek as well, so it's quite oh. appropriate. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're killing two birds with one stone. So everybody, take off work. Everybody who's listening to this, take off mm-hmm. work on the 28th, and we'll all celebrate Thomas Aquinas Day with a lovely, lovely bath. And our, John and I will record what I'm doings from our separate baths. Oh. That'll be lovely. That like did not go where I was hoping it was going to go. No, separate bars. Otherwise, it'll be too exciting for the people. Uh, I mean, if we were on a cruise, we would both be in the jacuzzi, and we could do it then. That's true. I am putting it into my Google Calendar. Okay. It is a requisite for the relaxation of the mind that we make use from time to time of playful deeds and jokes. That's something else that Thomas Aquinas said. So there we go. It's, he it's sounds a, like an all-round good egg. I hope so. I hope so. 
Yes. Was he a paedophile? Oh, I imagine they all were, weren't they? It's part of a, you have to do three miracles and four buggeries. But remember, in those days, you know, it was pretty much accepted, wasn't it? You know, by the time you were eight, you were married and already uh, had your five, fifth child. So, yeah. Now, you've, you've become confused. Have I? He, he was from the 1270s, not the 1970s. <laughs> I just had to desperately check he died in 74, so my joke worked. Close shave. So, okay, we'll arrange more things of Thomas Aquinas's day, but uh, all in all, it's looking like it's going to be a good thing. And, and I'll, I'll get Judge Coxcomb to rule on it to make it official. That's a good idea. Well, I'm wondering, do you think it's too late to have it be um, a government-recognised day off this year? Or is oh, that more likely 2016? Um, wait for after the uh, election, and then whoever okay. wins, as part of, as part of the um, <laughs> alliance package. We could uh, make sure that that gets put through. I think I don't think anybody would complain, do you? Uh, no, I can't see why. Um, I've just I've just read a couple of quotes by him. Uh, one of them does make him sound a bit stupid. All the efforts of the human mind cannot exhaust the essence of a single fly. My mind making the decision to hit it with a newspaper can. Yes. Uh, he also says, as regards the individual nature, woman is defective and misbegotten. For the active power of the male seed tends to the production of a perfect likeness of the masculine sex, while the production of a woman comes from the defect in the active power. That's funny because he got that exactly the wrong way around. Exactly wrong. (laughs) So bizarre. But but, but he did say by nature all men are equal in liberty, but not in other endowments. I think he's showing off a bit there. I want to go back in time and show him a little vestigial Y chromosome and watch him cry. I think he'd admit his mistake at that point. I think he probably would. Yeah, oh well, never mind. Let's hope that we, we can have the Thomas Aquinas Day and we can also, that'll be a day where we also teach him where he was wrong. <laughs> we should bring him back from the dead for that day. Okay, can you arrange that? I'll do my best. Excellent. I'll okay. have a word with Jesus. Excellent. So we, we Thomas Aquinas Day, um, 28th of 28th January. January. Uh, our next week, uh, I will I'll formulate a full explanation of what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have to involve having a lion, a luxuriant bath, and some sort of wine or other equivalent grape drink. <laughs> Fanta grape would be acceptable. Good, because grape wine drinks are yucky. Mm. Oh, I'm looking forward to the Thomas Thomas Aquinas Day. It's a good idea. I wonder mm. if I can actually get away with booking the day off. Yeah, I'm going to. I will. <laughs> I'm going to do it. No, no, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it properly. Did you just call me Laura? No, I didn't call you Laura. I said, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it I properly. See. Well, we've got, can... it, we've got it recorded, so we'll, we'll get the yeah. people to go back and check. Yeah, no, I, I think I can tell the difference between you and Laura. Good. Mm-hmm. We should st- Oh, I was going to say we should stop, but it's only 38 minutes. The advert breaks aren't that long yet. No, well, well, exactly. I mean, how many advert breaks do we actually have in sized into this podcast? Well, if we're going by the model, it would be one to do five. Have they increased over the years, or is that has that been standard for a long time now, or have the a long length time. of the breaks a long time increased? No, in fact, the length of the breaks in America are pretty short. So, if you think about that, they uh, so it's forty-three minutes is a, well, it's probably down to about forty-two or forty-one now. So they are getting longer for sure. Mm. Um, so that's eighteen minutes out of every hour as ad breaks. So. Uh, five so three minute breaks with bumpers for you know trailers and all that stuff mm-hmm. so and and beginnings and ends and all that so yeah it's about i think it's about standard so 
but also, of course, what they do is they segue from one, often segue from the end theme of one program to the beginning theme Straight of another. Straight into the yes. But they, so, but carry on watching, carry on watching, carry on watching. The counter is they'll throw to ads before the, the the credits, which is why you ended up with sitcoms having credit gags. So there was a reason to stay tuned into that channel and wait for that because you would the show would finish, then there would be two minutes of commercials. And then it would just come back and literally just show you the credits. I I always found that really, really um, despicable because you always thought you were going to have some more goodies. And but that's when that's why I think it was Roseanne and that era they start that era. I apologise. They started um, putting gags over the credits. I hope Toby is being taught good diction. He well, not from his mother. He's not. Oh no! I have to correct his mother's diction every oh, no. sentence. Oh poor Toby! Still. I know. You're just going to have to work very hard, aren't you? I'm going to have to work twice as hard. Hmm. Undoing all her damage as well as introducing correct diction. <laughs> Laura is amazing at grammar. She picks up grammar like a... like like a. Oh, I've forgotten the word. A person. Like <laughs> a human being. No. Um, where someone has a natural ability to do something. An affinity. A, anyway. A, she has a grammar calling. She does. If you just say, oh, by the way, this grammar work and she could instantly and it's not like she stops gets it right it's just it's just instantly how she, in her vocabulary but that should i mean that's correct for a scientific mind if it's something is introduced as a systemic requirement then that's that's just it isn't it it's, you know the word i was thinking of was savant and now bearing Idi- in mind idiot, idiot savant is exactly bearing in mind the dropping of the t's idiot savant Idi- idiot savant idiot idiot savant idiot savant i have a problem yeah. of course with with french is that they indeed do drop Bloody the t's Maybe she's French. Yes, maybe you've married a frog. Ooh. You didn't ooh. even realise that. If I kiss her, she'll turn into a handsome prince. We'll discuss the grief thing next time, actually, because I found that very interesting, because I thought I was reading and thinking, actually, is that true for me? And I thought, no, it isn't. It's, it's inaccurate. But Did you I, really not grieve your previous life? No, I, and, I've, I, I, and I thought about it hard, because I thought, I can see why that would be the case, and am I deluding myself, and am I... Um, Am I in denial? And I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like I am. And I, I spoke to Liana, just Jessica's mother, mm-hmm. and I said, well, do you feel that as well? And she said, no, I, I didn't really. And, I, and it's not like she didn't have a previous life. I think it's maybe... It's not really a, an independent sample, though, is it? Because she was married to a mailer before No, but maybe, maybe, well. but maybe there's a kind of a... Maybe it's a delusional thing that you think, well... I'm not losing my previous life. I'm just going to carry on uh, and take this thing along with me. Now, maybe, in fact, that's not possible. That's not actually what happens, but it's how you comfort yourself and therefore you don't feel you need to grieve. So maybe it's a more honest way of doing it to grieve and maybe we're the deluded ones. Could be. Could be. But then again, when have maybe I ever Laura's theory is Maybe Laura's theory is correct and your life was so awful before she arrived. It could be. It could be. Um... But then again, she she wouldn't have made it any better, would she? So maybe, yeah, there's nothing to grieve and nothing to celebrate. <laughs> She's, Just, I was thinking how um, you must feel a bit a bit bad recognising how much better Toby is than Judy. John, you can't even try that because you know damn well that Toby, as you've just explained, has a defective chromosome. <laughs> so he, he can't, look, he's... He is a he is for a boy. He's very good, and I've seen plenty of awful boys. But you know, he's a boy, and therefore the inferior sex. Well, I think that that's just. I think that's just reversed. Reversed. I'm such a misandrist. It's reverse, reverse misandry. 
Yeah, you're going to have to get... You and Toby are going to have to join a men's rights group. We are. I'm going to dress up as Batman and hang off a building. <laughs> With your baby dangling up. He can be Robin. That's a good idea. <laughs> oh, well. Mm. Right, we have to stop now. Otherwise, we'll have to start doing product placement to make up for the missed advertising. That's true, actually. Um, I, I'm going to go to Asda because they've got such good prices there. Every little bit helps. No, that's the other one. Oh, <laughs> you got you in trouble with Asda now. Mm. Tell you Never what, knowingly have... understalled, Asda. They, they have good nappies, Nick. We use cloth nappies by this stage, so I wouldn't know. Oh, because you're a hippie. Because I care about the earth, unlike you. I hate the, the earth and I want to fill it with Toby's poo. <laughs> you do. You want to fill it with Toby's poo surrounded by something that will never biodegrade like a little poo museum. That's quite... A poo <laughs> sarcophagus. They should be arranged in the British Museum in yes. all, all age order. And then people can visit can, people can visit Toby's poo's like Lennon's preserved body. There you go. That's yeah. what I believe. Are they still yellow? Oh, uh, yes. Almost luminous orange luminous orange color it's amazing you, you could line them up the stairs for night lights he ate his first thing that wasn't uh milk the other day it was medicine he had his uh they give this uh the, the rotavirus vaccine is the only live vaccine they get and they give it in the form of a sugary syrup mm, did he like it he did he was thought it was yummy all oh, right so that's it he's a sugar addict now like that's his right daddy. He's craving. He's like, breast milk! <laughs> yes. It is very put, sweet, breast milk. It is. So put some, put some, put, put, put some honey on your, on your nipples, mummy. <laughs> I'm breast just giving him a lollipop to suck on. It, it's interesting. The reason, that, the reason that breast milk's got uh, glucose in it is in order to help the fat get stored. Because you mm. want that. Oh, he's getting nice chubby, chubby thighs now. Oh, pulkers, as we call them. Pulkers. He was so thin when he was long and thin when he was born. Yeah, now he's got pulkers. I notice, it, I notice his face is filling out better. He's yes. less, less, less of a, a golem. He's got a little pouch under his neck now to keep fishing. Oh, does he have any crafts around his head and neck that get all, all crusty and full of smelly bits? Judy got so fat uh, one, at one time that she got these little folds and things like that. Oh, no, that. He's, not, he's, not, he's not a Michelin baby yet. He's, no. He was so thin when he was born. He's now just got chubby cheeks and a little bit of a double chin and stuff that he should have. But he's yeah. only just getting there, really. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll keep him. Good. Excellent. Right, time to go away. Bye. Bye.